It's called it's called mega gentrification. Um, <laughs> once the uh, for, uh, the prices are so unaffordable that no one can live there, you make it into art so that only collectors can own it. Sure. Yeah. You just drop a bomb on the place and it burns into a gorgeous, twisted, valuable piece of concrete glass rebar. <laughs> making us question the very nature of place. <laughs> I guess. How do you know? She told me she loves me. But how do you know? Cause she really lies. How do you know? Don't push and don't shove me. How do you know? It's in her eyes. Oh boy, it's the Doom to Fail podcast. My name is Tim Dobbs. With me, as ever, the literature queen herself. Catherine Kogert. <laughs> that is the biggest load of nonsense. <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs> so lovely to have you here, Catherine. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, this is one of my many ploys to jump us directly into the topic for the week. Uh, this this topic that we have chosen. So are this you week. doing anything for Easter? Yeah, I just thought like maybe uh, I would get some stuff together for. I don't know, like a picnic or like a. This topic this week. Peeps. The topic this week is bookshelves. <laughs> Plowing ahead. Oh. <laughs> uh, bookshelves, the uh, cases that you have in your room uh, that are immovable and also uh, hard to transport. So they're really terrible, but you got to put the books somewhere. Bookshelves. Is that, a, is that a good summation? That's the terrible summation. You make the book sound like a great burden that we must carry with us throughout our lives. <laughs> And thus the bookshelf. Are they not, Catherine? How hard is that burden? Catherine, are they not the great burdens that we must carry with us throughout our lives? You're <laughs> you're moving um uh soon. And yeah. I imagine that you're having similar thoughts to the thoughts that I have had every time I've ever moved, which is that, well, books represent a very strong um nostalgia or you know, information value to volume ratio, right? It's almost, I always feel yeah. like, well, I'll just save all the books because the books, sure, you know, and they stack nicely and I can put them all in boxes and uh, yeah. they make me seem smart. Um, whereas there are lots of other things which I'll just throw out like, you know, furniture and stuff. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I think I, I sort of feel like books are the great burden because they're very heavy. They are very heavy. I can't lift either of the boxes of books. Mm. Well, how many boxes of books do I have? You're off mic. Sweetie, sweetie, come back. Sorry, I'm sorry. I got. I asked how many boxes of books I have because I actually know the answer now. I have three small boxes of books and one large box of board games to give you a, <laughs> a concept of who I am as a person. Uh, you're you're a social uh, uh, book yeah. person. I don't know where yeah. that's. And I think a, a big part of this is. Um, I personally probably have half a small box of books, mm -hmm. but my fiance is very well read. And now mm -hmm. I feel that like our games and books and things that we keep on bookshelves now are, have to be like a, a reflection of both of us as a unit. Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. So, so you keep all of these games and books on bookshelves. They are for display. You don't uh, have them tucked away anywhere. Oh, no, this is where we get into it. Let me tell you. <laughs> Go ahead. Because... In this IKEA world we live in, 
not everything that is on a bookshelf necessarily has to be on display. You can put it in like a basket or a bin and then on the bookshelf, or you can hide it away in a separate bookshelf that you just have in your in your bedroom, or there's lots of options to hide away shameful things that are you we, own. Are we talking about hidden bookshelves right now? <laughs> like, yeah, hidden bookshelves. This is my closet bookshelf. This one descends <laughs> from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Interesting. So you posit that uh, in a world of cheap goods and uh, uh, greater middle class wealth than we've ever seen in all of history, uh, <laughs> the, the way we can express this is uh, um, lots and lots of bookshelves. We can choose display bookshelves uh, and non-display bookshelves. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, I think this has always been the case. Mm. And I'm sure this. Yeah, because like, where do you keep your Playboys, or where uh, would you have kept your Playboys the, in an older world? Uh, so I, you know, I don't have any Playboys. Uh, the only Playboys I've ever seen in in the flesh, uh, wink, um, gross. Mm. Uh, yeah, don't take that. <laughs> okay. Call on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've seen like like they're sort of just like in a pile, like on a nightstand, or like uh, yeah, I don't know. You always have the sense that like but, somebody's like, no, dad was just like. Seen them, right? I mean, that's the point of of porn is that you don't see it. Well, it's not. That's not the point of porn, obviously. But that is a huge aspect of porn is that you you hide it away. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, I would say uh, maybe a, a nicer way to put that is that porn is for special times. <laughs> that's so. Yeah, that is a, not, a nicer yeah. way to put that. And, it's not a coffee table book. I think is what I'm getting at. Right, but I feel like Playboys exist in this weird world of like semi coffee table book because they're like they're they're like a novelty because you know I don't think uh, uh, there are a lot of young men in the world who are only being exposed to naked women via Playboy these days and so there's like a kitsch involved to it so it's like yeah look old Playboys my like you know whatever my uncle gave me when he moved out of his shack or <laughs> that's true that's true vintage play Playboys have a certain cachet to them. Exactly. And so I feel like they're, but because you're right, uh, porn is for special times um, and not to be shared with any, any old guest. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I think, so it's uh, for your bedroom coffee table? Yeah, it's, it's, you're right. It goes for some sort of ancillary. Uh, is ancillary the word I want? It goes, goes for an auxiliary uh, bookshelf, some, some secondary bookshelf. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, so I think it would be... Uh, well, one interesting way we can look at the choices in displaying or not displaying our, our secrets and not-so-secret books is, uh, historically, there would be so few books that people just sort of carried around in chests. And at least from what I could tell from the uh, encyclopedia entry I was reading on bookshelves, um, they, they, they was an, again, it was a burden. Because as you traveled from place to place as a learned man with the, like, four books you owned, you carried them all in one chest and you had to sort of lug them. Okay. Yeah. And so I think it wasn't until, uh, until we kind of saw printing that we, like, were like, oh, we should really start displaying this stuff in, like, the sort of typical way that we think of displaying them now. <laughs> it sounds like the historical arc went box, really big box that's hard to move. Box without uh, box without doors on the front, so now it's starting to look like a bookshelf, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that is. If not a bookshelf, is if it's anything, it's a box without a door on the front. And and some like uh, lateral uh, floors, you know, so you have like oh sure shelves, sure, sure, if you will. Here. 
Yeah. Shelves or tiers. Tiers. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tiered construct. Uh And then and then so then uh p- people just kind of stored them however though because like books weren't really standardized, right? So everything was handwritten. So there were no like spines, you didn't line them up. You just sort of pile them or if you did stand them up, it sounds like you would put them uh pages out, which is total madness to me. But I guess it was yeah. easier to pick out what the book was it's from that. Risky. The spine is to protect the book. Maybe mm. the spine wasn't a protecting like cover like it is now. I think perhaps it was different Maybe at it the was time. Just, like uh, effectively like a spiral notebook. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but with like sheep arteries or something. I don't know. <laughs> the artery is the best binding agent. <laughs> A lot of people are going to ask you to use the skin. Don't do it. You got to dig deeper. Mm-hmm. Go for the artery. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It seems like the real display aspect didn't really come out until, uh, well, you know, I, I'll backtrack on that. I was going to say until, like, we had um, spine-printed books that, like, really clearly displayed what they were, and also lots of books. So, like, they were there was so much they could be decorative. But apparently there were uh, there's at least one ancient Roman uh, article, uh, let's say late Roman Republic, uh, in which this guy Seneca was writing uh, an essay in which he complained about illiterate owners owning lots and lots of books and they had scarcely read the titles because they just liked the decoration. That's me. Right. <laughs> how, is, how are your reading classes going, by the way? Have you gotten <laughs> have you gotten to F? <laughs> Um, I'm just saying, get ready for G. It's a big one. <laughs> is it a big one? What makes G a big one? Uh, it's a big letter. It's big and rotund. It's like C, but it's got even more. You know how you like okay. C kind of threw you because it was pretty big, but it has, G has it's like, like a C, notch but added on. More cushion for the pushing. Yeah, exactly. I gotcha. Well, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a Playboy article about that. <laughs> Centerfold, and you just fold it out, and it's a capital G. <laughs> You're like, this is disappointing. Uh... Oh my goodness! I heard they got into a lot of legal trouble after it was found that it was actually a lowercase G. Really? I mean, she insisted that she was an uppercase G, but right. Well, they just weren't uh, mindful enough about her documentation and her ID and you, all that. And you got to be extra. Any professional. Uh, um... Uh, literacy outfit has to be very, very clear on its capitals versus its uh, lowercase there. I mean... I completely agree. We yeah. have to protect the lowercase letters. They're exactly. the future. Yep. Because no one uses capital letters in GChat. That's why <laughs> lowercase letters are the future. <laughs> this is a very precarious metaphor. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so, I... But... but so, uh, go ahead. I, I want to... I, I do want to correct something. I raised my hand to say that, oh, yes, I'm I'm the jerk who doesn't read anything and who hasn't even read the titles of the zillions of books I own. I really don't own that many books. Yeah. So I feel like I'm on I'm on a, I'm on the level here. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 avoid being a hypocrite by uh, just not. Um, I don't know, not having a target at all. Like you just have yeah. no books. Exactly. <laughs> well, but you still have something to just. Dis- I mean, okay. So, uh, you know what? Let's. Uh, 
I, I got a lot more questions, but let's get into them okay. uh, when we come back in just a moment on the Doom to Fail podcast. And we're back on the Doom to Fail podcast, playing with tones. What's your favorite Wait, tone? What? Um, Is it C sharp? Really? Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite tone? It's like you like middle C, but you're like, but it should have a twist. Uh, my favorite tone is probably um, the dial tone. Uh, okay. You know, you know yeah. it's a major third interval. Um, we may have gone over this because I really like that fact. But how, wait, how can it be? It's two tones. Okay, so it's actually oh, it's it's, it's, it's an A four forty and the F. So you're kind of cheating that. by choosing the dial tone. No, it's the F below that, I guess. Uh, I'm allowed two tones. It's it's it's. You said what's your favorite tone? Right, but it's and then you chose two tones. Okay, you know what? I picked Tommy two tone then. You know That's what my, my favorite, favorite tone, tone is actually it's two tone ska. It's sort of a I think about unity and anti racism. So I really like yeah like this the uh, oh no forget all right forget glad the name we had this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, the specials. That's who I'm thinking of. Great band, Ghost Town, etc. Message to you, okay. Rudy. Um, Cool. Yep. Fight racism, Catherine, and uh, work, work on, on your bookshelves. So, I mean, so you went on and on about these your list. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just picture you looking at your, like, oh, what do I got to do today? And it says, work on bookshelves, <laughs> fight racism. And you're like, oh, one of these is going to be a lot easier to tackle than the other one. Uh, <laughs> I feel like at least one of these needs to be broken out into subtasks, but, well, it's what I got. So... Um, so you mentioned not having a lot yeah, of books, uh, and yeah. I was curious. So, what do you think the bookshelf? Can, it's almost become the default display unit, even though it's sort of grown mm -hmm. out of the old box uh, for carrying around your books. Um, but now I think you can just put anything on it, right? Including games. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm putting the board games in the secret bedroom bookshelf so that no one knows my shame. Why not? Board games are great, though. Board games are great, but I don't know. I kind of feel like you should keep that to yourself. Okay, you know, well, maybe we should bust this out. It's private. <laughs> what board games are you And then playing? you find out that, some, that someone else is into board games, and you're like, oh, we should play a board game. I happen to have this one board game. And then they don't find out that you have a medium-sized box full of board games, you're which like, is embarrassing. Come, come to my games altar. I can show you all the games. <laughs> Yeah, I want to avoid that situation. I guess, well, okay, so uh, maybe it's time to bust this out. So you're saying that you feel that the display of board games too nerdy. That's too much. What's an it's example? Too much. What's an example of something that you feel good about displaying? Okay, it is. I've thought a lot about this over the past 24 hours, and I think it's less about having one particular thing that makes you look like a lame no fun nerd but it's it's the it's the cohesion of the things that you display together okay example um so for example my fiance has 
like seven Alistair Reynolds books. Uh, quick primer on Alistair Reynolds. Alistair Reynolds, he's um, a science fiction author who does exclusively space operas. Operas. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> laugh, laugh at him. No, no, no. <laughs> this is why we can't have seven Alistair Reynolds books. I was just he's thinking out. about I, I, the way you said op, op, opera. <laughs> opera just reminded opera. me of just like opera. it was like like the grand old opry's kind of style of like almost an ironic opera but then also throw on space so it's a space ironic opera <laughs> one of them good old space operas it's like boy this the is a grand, fusion of a lot of genres the grand old space opry <laughs> i want to see it so bad um, I would watch the heck out of that show, but not read the book. But I'd probably read the Wikipedia article on the book. Okay, so your feeling is too much Alistair Reynolds. Is too this... much. Okay. Too much. But one would be cool. You can pick one. Mm -hmm. But but this gets complicated again, right? Because he also has Asimov and Zelanzi and Neil Stevenson. And it's like, okay, no. at what point... Uh, yeah, Snow Crash. Okay. And at what point he is like at every Neil Stevenson book? It's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> and at what point do like even though these are all different authors, do we look like lame science fiction nerds? Well, and so but... then I have to figure out, okay, which which science fiction authors do I keep? Which go in the secret bedroom bookshelf? Isn't there a chance that you should just take a look in the mirror in the bookshelf mirror and be like, I am a lame science fiction nerd. <laughs> I I realize and respect that I am a lame science fiction nerd, and so is the love of my life. Um, but like, I don't need to like scare potential friends away with that in my living room. But you can't have a bookshelf with like the dictionary, one Alistair Reynolds book, and an old banana on it. Like, you have to have other things. What would you think if <laughs> if you walked into someone's apartment and they had a total like five tier bookshelf? And okay. just one one shelf, Alistair Reynolds, <laughs> old banana. And what was the third thing? Uh, dictionary, which of course dictionary. everyone has. Yeah. Uh, I think I'd be like, boy, so I, I should understand the Alistair Reynolds book. <laughs> I should really give what them my banana, the old bread banana for. Yeah. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. These people need to know what to do with uh, bananas that are overripe. <laughs> banana bread. Delicious. Um, well, I don't know. Like. Yeah, so I guess I guess that's my question though. Do you have books that you can fill in, or are there other oh. things that you can do to seem uh, well-rounded? Yes. Okay. Yeah, um, I think I mentioned to you last night the Ayn Rand issue. Uh -huh. I was we have this really pretty, it looks well-loved copy of Ayn Rand. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking Ayn Rand issue, and I went straight to the Ayn Rand issue <laughs> the of Playboy. Ayn Rand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone uh, wants this Ayn Rand issue of Playboy. I... <laughs> it's a it's a fun collector's item, but uh, let's put that in the the very secret. Let's put that in bookshelf Alpha Z. <laughs> um. Anyway, so we have this this really well loved copy of Atlas Shrugged that was passed down through a couple generations mm -hmm. through Grant's family, which I think is really cool. But I am very wary of keeping an Ayn Rand book on on the shelf, right? Because I think it kind of makes you look like a jerk if you have every Ayn Rand book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, proponents, uh, internet proponents of Ayn Rand philosophy have made it seem like uh, 
touching the books makes you a big D-bag. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a common conception that that is the case. Um, so, but I mean, it looks cool. It's well-read. So what I did is I texted my also well-read friend and said, hey, do you have a copy of Ayn Rand on your bookshelf? Because I respect your bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, no, but I keep a copy at home. And I looked through the other books that I had at my disposal, thanks to my fiance. Mm -hmm. And we happened to have a copy of selected works from Karl Marx. And I was like, this is perfect. We put that next to Ayn Rand. Right. We get the cool Ayn Rand book. We get um, the appearance of being open-mindedness because we have both of these authors. <laughs> and it's a win-win. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying uh, in all in all uh, bookshelf design that we should bring the appearance of Zen. We should uh, have a balance, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Zen's not and the word I, I wanted, into but the balance. Issue <laughs> where he also has Locke and Hobbes and Rousseau, and I was like, okay, this is getting to be a little bit too much. It's a little too dowdy. much political science. Yeah. Where Where do I draw the line? There's on like us some fun like peppy just, stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I was able to contribute Douglas Adams, mm -hmm. Excellent. I'm proud to say. <laughs> I have an anthology of all five books that I'm really proud of. And I see, okay, so how do you feel about, you said, okay, one Alistair Reynolds was good, seven not so good. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like these things, when collected in a full series, ought to be displayed as a full series. Because now it's like it's a it's a, a, a it's a construction that you've built, right? Uh, and so, I mean, I, I mentioned it specifically because of the uh, Douglas Adams, where like I have I bought the first book on a lark because uh, I was told in high school English class that I had to read something from the New York Times bestsellers list, and so I found <laughs> the one that seemed the funnest. And good work, I, I think you did. Yeah, it was a total <laughs> blast. I love that book, but. Uh, how so, old were you, if you don't mind me asking? 17? I don't know. 17. Maybe wow. 16? Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. But then, so I wanted to read the rest, but then I was like, well, I can't buy the collected edition because I have one. Uh, right. And all things must have balance. And so I bought balance them one at things, a time. Yes. And I think I prefer having, you know, all five books. Four books? Five books. Well, whatever. Um, it's five books, but like the fifth one is so bad, uh, you don't even really yeah. want it. <laughs> kind of a downer <laughs> um so anyway uh I, I prefer having them all separate because i like that construction so for display you know i like kind of having that and be able to pull out one randomly instead of pulling out a big hefty thing you know mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. so i don't know so, what do you think okay i think a few things first of all to give you some context i was given this copy of douglas adams <laughs> As though it were um, like a scepter being passed down from my father. And he was like, he, he said, oh, I think you'll like this. To which I read that to mean, you will like this. The ancient runes of our people. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt about it. <laughs> um, I mean, I felt the same way about Mel Brooks and mm. uh, Monty Python, which were things that I did truly enjoy when I was ages like 10 through 13. Sure. Monty Python um, is perfect for pre-adolescence. That's exactly the place. So perfect. It's, it's just, perfect. The sweet spot. Um, so that is why I have the full anthology. I see. <laughs> because there was like an assumption of like, you will like the first one and you will have to read the other ones. <laughs> uh, well, it's good. It's good to have that recommendation. <laughs> yeah. No, and it was a great I recommendation. I had to get it on the street. It's it's still like my favorite or one of my two favorite books. Oh and yeah, it's fabulous. It's a great book. Love uh, it the so first much. book in the series. Yes. It's a great book. 
Um, and so I do like having the rest of them because like really 90% of the time I'm only going to refer to the ha first like fifth of the book, mm -hmm. but it's nice to like have the completionism. I agree with you. Um, but just the, the, the amount of space required for all five books though, like how much, and then there's the aesthetic, like if they look different, if they're from different editions, I feel weird about that personally. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. do you think? Well, I made a point of buying all the ones that were packaged the same way. Um, mm -hmm. I think my first one was like the one with the movie cover, which was not great, but all the other ones I bought, like the ones that just kind of have a picture of like half of Douglas Adams's face on it. I mean, there's still paperback and whatever, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think these, these are questions of the, of the bookshelf, right? Like the, mm -hmm. what, the matters of how you display it, the format, all that stuff is like, it's just all about, well, how will it look, uh, as using the bookshelf as the parchment upon which I will write all of my life's accomplishments, vis-a-vis uh, -vis culture. <laughs> you know, I think, I think, though, there's a lot of pressure to approach your bookshelf of like, oh, this has to be like all of the books I like, or this has to perfectly encapsulate me. And I really think that's the wrong approach. I think it should just be like a little salt and pepper to give some insight into who, who owns these books. Interesting. All right. All right. I expect you to expound upon that in just a minute when we come back on the Doom to Fail podcast. And we're back on the Turn to Fail podcast. Just having too much fun. Too much fun. with Tommy Two-Tones yeah, over here. It's, it's a real Tommy Two-Shoes. To me, to the tulips. Uh, ever... <laughs> what else do you have, Tim? Have you ever seen that, that Tiny Tim guy? He was like a mainstay on like variety shows in like the 70s. 60s, 70s? No, something. it seems like you would like have an affinity for him. Mega terrible. No, dislike. I just like everyone with my name. Sorry, Tims. I just... I don't know. Yeah, I have a hard time with many Catherines. Not mm. all Catherines across mm. the board, but many Catherines. Because I just, I immediately assume like, oh, I'm doing a better job of being Catherine <laughs> than you are. We all agreed <laughs> which, this is what Tim was. And so... Uh, which is a poor thing to think, but it's what I think. <laughs> Except Captain Catherine Janeway, I think, mm. is doing a better job of being Catherine than I am. Yeah, she got into space and all that stuff. Got into space, yeah. But then she got the ship lost. <laughs> Come on, Janeway. It was a team effort. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. The captain takes responsibility. No. I think someone did it to them. Like, I think she genuinely had. Anyway. <laughs> let's not get into Voyager. <laughs> and people bashing on Captain Catherine Janeway because it's kind of a sensitive spot for me. <laughs> All right. Let's not. Uh, we support female captains in our space armada. Um that's the official Doom to Fail stance. In our grand old space opry. <laughs> it's, it's a rip and good time. Um, so, Catherine, I promised you that uh, we would discuss uh, some of the issues I'm having as well with bookshelf display on my uh, salt and pepper about... Is that... I feel like your metaphor before the break didn't make any sense now that I'm thinking about it. It's some salt okay. and pepper to show Let me see who if I can... owns these books. 
it's not yeah it's not the the it's not the rotisserie chicken it's the seasoning on top what's the chicken you are the chicken <laughs> don't call me chicken you're chicken chicken oh marty mcfly over here yeah. oh boy um so i don't okay so here's an issue that i've had um we have a couple of nice bookshelves. The Unfortunately, the bookstore down the street uh, was closing when we moved into this place. And so we bought their bookshelves on the cheap. Suckers. Um, so we have really tall bookshelves because, you know, <laughs> industrial bookshelves are different from home bookshelves. Uh, they are, yes. Yeah, they're like 12 feet tall and you have to get one of those rolling ladders for them and all that stuff. Oh, like in Beauty and the Beast or like <laughs> Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, well, I mean, so I, I think that all points out the like... The, the the deep deep roots of bookshelves as uh, displays of of wealth both uh, intellectual and uh, uh, financial. Um, we use Absolutely. them to show off, basically. Um, yeah, I think we have much smaller ways to show off now, like with an Apple Watch. Yeah, well, it sticks <laughs> to you, so you get to bring that bragginess everywhere. Exactly. You don't have to invite anybody over for tea or anything. <laughs> Although I would suggest that that's a nouveau riche thing. Um, the idea of not entertaining to show off your wealth. I feel like, you know, there's, there's a level of infrastructure required to be able to entertain at a truly wealthy person's scale that is far more expensive than any $10,000 stupid watch, you know? I, but I, I think it's a nouveau riche concept to, to show off your wealth. Uh, yes and no. I mean, we saw, we saw it back in uh, Roman times too, right? Like, nah, man, everybody, everybody loves saying, be like, man, look how successful I am. They want to show that off. I think that's a human thing. Uh, I think being gaudy about it. I, you know, so I think the criticism, uh, of, uh, you know, the oldo riche, uh, criticizing the nouveau riche, um, is that, uh, they're doing it in the wrong ways. It's just kind of an in-group, out-group thing, isn't it? It's just saying, you're showing off your wealth in unacceptable ways to me and thus you are garbage it's not even unacceptable it's it's kind of like oh you child <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's not outright rejection more as like oh you don't know what you're doing you're so new at this <laughs> it's far more condescending than it is rejection right which is which is the uh the old orisha's uh, most powerful tool I like that you're saying old O'Reach. I'm sticking with it. Continue to say old O'Reach. Yeah, I think it's a fine coin Never of phrase. Never say old money. <laughs> this is how this is how uh, unreach I am at all. I don't even have the terms. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So as I uh, as I try to show off my intellectual and uh, uh, financial wealth using bookshelves bought on the cheap from stores going out of business. Um, one issue that I have is, so I bought all these, uh, I think it was, yeah, MIT Press was having a half-off sale, and I got super excited, and I bought a ton of, like, brain science-type books and, like, just, you know, like, academic press well, books. Well, there's your first mistake, yeah. And uh, I was excited, and I've, like, I've, you know, read some of them, but other ones I just got, because I, like, I recognized the authors from things that I'd, you know, articles I'd read or interviews I'd heard, and I was like, oh, yeah, I was really interested in that guy's work. I should read his book. And uh, so I bought, like, four or five of these books. And other ones, it was just, like, titles. Like, I have one called Neural Control Engineering, and I was like, well, surely that will be interesting one way or another. Um, <laughs> and was it? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't read it. <laughs> Which is the problem. Like, I kind of, you know, I cracked some of them, started reading through. But, you know, it's hard to get through academic texts. Like, you know, they're uh, they're not light reading. And uh, yeah. 
you know, as, as you know full well, it's hard to carve out time to read in today's go-go uh, busy world. Uh, and so I'm lucky if I sit down and I read, you know, something pretty light. And so I have all of these, like, almost pretentiously titled books on my bookshelf um, between... Uh, you know, discovering the human connectome, neural control engineering. I have a bunch of books that I bought uh, for, I took a quantum mechanics course in college and they recommended like eight books because when you, uh, uh, in Singapore, I was doing study abroad in Singapore taking this course. Um, they basically, because the books are way cheaper, instead of like 100 or $150 for a book like you pay in the US, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, 10, 15, maybe 20 bucks, whatever. Um mm. <laughs> and also, people just photocopy them all the time. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> but uh, so, so they assigned like a bunch of books, and I had no idea that it was kind of like, well, you decide which ones you think are the best worth reading, or like whatever. Um, so I just oh. bought all these books and was never clear when I was supposed to be reading or not. I was not a great student in this course. Um, it's hard to be a great student abroad. It really is. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's, it's, a it's a challenge. Of... Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> So I have all these quantum mechanics books, too. And I'm like, well, I might as well keep these. Maybe one day I'll read them. And uh, no, not really. I mean, the only one I ever read, I don't keep on the bookshelf because it's photocopied. And it's, like, bound up with, like, a clear report cover thing on the front. Sure. Uh, with the sheep artery. Yeah, with with your old sheep artery. And as we know, you don't turn those out spine forward. They're not display books. They go in your no. case. <laughs> um, yeah. You carry from place to place. Uh, and so... I don't know. Like, what do I do with those, I guess? It's just kind of like, I mean, it really is borderline pretentious having that many. And, like, just literally I haven't read them. Like, they've basically never been opened. I don't see why you need to get rid of them, but just keep them in your secret bedroom bookshelf. (laughs) (laughs) Right? We're not throwing out all the Alistair Reynolds books. They're just going away. (laughs) So I have a question. What do you think about, you know, so the bookshelf uh, is born of display, right? Um Mm-hmm. Even when they have doors, often the doors are clear, and there's a reason that we put the spine out. Like, you know, it's it's maddening to think about spine-in uh, bookshelf storage, which I suppose some people do. Uh, even, I have some things, uh, like, um, oh, what was it called? It was called Building Stories. Did you, do you remember that from a few years ago? This, uh, it's, it's, it's no. a... It's a comic, sort of. It, it all comes in a big box, and it's like, um, it tells the story... Uh, through various paraphernalia, almost. Like, there's a bunch of different comics in there that almost fold out like newspapers. But then there's also, like, a little, almost like, um, you know those, like, little golden books for children things? Like, they're kind of cardboard-covered sort of things. Do you know what I'm talking about? They have a golden spine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it has, like, part of the story's told in one of those. And, like, there's just different sort of, like, objects that tell the story. And you can kind of go through them in any order. It's cool. Um, that and, is cool. Yeah, we got it We got it as a gift uh, one, one year. And uh, it's a stupid giant box that doesn't fit on our bookshelf. And so it, like, sits sideways, kind of pushed towards the back of the top shelf that we don't really uh, work on anyway. And yeah. like even that kind of drives me crazy uh, that it doesn't fit inside of what? the natural order of bookshelvery. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, oversized books, we all have the same trouble with those. But so this brings me to my next question. Coffee table. Do you yes. utilize the top of your coffee table? How do you choose what to put on top of your coffee table? Because that is, if the bookshelf is born of display, then I don't even want to know what the coffee table is born of. I would like to put a pin in coffee table discussion because I actually think it merits an entire episode. Oh, yay! Okay, great. <laughs> um, 
But so I wonder uh, for your secret your secret bedroom bookshelves. Um, yes. Thank you for calling the bedroom. Your cloister. Uh, <laughs> do those need to be displayed on a shelf, or can they be piled? Oh. Must I we shelve the things that we do not display? I think that it is best to neatly and attractively shelve the things that we don't display because I mean I'm still sleeping there. That's that's in my mental space. It's nice to look up and see something organized. Interesting. So you're sort of okay. Can I? Do you just like seeing something organized, or is it important that these things be organized? Uh, oh, I guess yeah, I, that's a great point. I mean, much of it isn't my stuff, right? right. Like it's not Catherine stuff. It's mostly just. Grant's Alistair Reynolds books. Right. I would just like to see that they're organized. <laughs> <laughs> so to you, they're, they're sort of a totem of uh, the way that you two have used compromise to uh, sort of rein in his uh, impulses towards getting embarrassing books. <laughs> no, 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 no. He can still... I, you're t completely missing the point. He can still get and read all of the embarrassing books that he wants. They're, they just don't go on the shelf for public consumption. <laughs> uh, okay, so you don't think that there is any... The reason I ask about whether it's important that you see anything organized, because we've, we all agree organization is like the best thing, right? It's just like <laughs> sure. it's, everything should be clean and just 90 degree angles. It's the best. Um, yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, but if that's it, then like, cool, aesthetics, I get you. Um, but you could be making displays just for you and, uh, and Grant, right? You could just be saying like, in, in as much as the public bookshelf is for the public display of this is who I am. The interior mm -hmm. bookshelf is for the interior this is who I am. Deep inside the heart of your relationship and yourselves. Is that what this shelf is for, Catherine? I guess it is kind of, yeah, inadvertently. I mean, by its very nature, right? Because it's all the things that I don't want anybody else to see. <laughs> but like that I still want to have around or Grant wants to have around or we both want to have around. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it shows compromise and it shows, uh, it, it, it also shows that you are presenting a united compromise front to others. Is the right word. Yeah, I, I don't like I don't like the word compromise in this case because it implies that like we are having to give something up. But right. like we're in agreement. Like Grant is a lame science fiction nerd, <laughs> and I'm cool with that, and I love him for that. And it's just like I want him to be as successful and as possible with the rest of the world who may not be as cool with that. Yeah, I guess I guess I want to use compromise. Is there a better word for like uh, you know just working together? I guess. Is what it is. Yeah, teamwork. the United yeah. Front, you have an interior-facing area and an exterior-facing area. Very much so. Yeah, that feels like a, a great synecdoche, synecdoche for our relationship. Well, beautiful. This feels like just the very beginning of, I'm sure, will be many, many episodes on uh, homemaking and what it says about us. <laughs> Tune in for more tips from old money. <laughs> no, it's old, old O'Reish. <laughs> All right, well, that's uh, uh I've, I've been old Orish. Uh, you've been old Orish. We're all old Orish. And uh, tune in next week for more old Orish tips from your favorite pals, old Orish. <laughs> Until then, uh, and I'm Captain Cogart, old Orish. <laughs> Get out of here. Okay. She Bye. Sees what she wants to see. Ooh, ooh, ooh.